This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Zidri to look ahead to AEW Dynamite tonight and a show with a lot of riding on it. Title, title matches, rivalries, the defense of the elite's honor by two people who yeah, get their heads yeah, kicked yeah. in. Yeah. Now, this looks like it's going to be an entertaining show. I'm interested in what it looks like. There's one match in particular where I just saw the um, the setup for it last week, and my initial reaction was, huh? Yeah. <laughs> really enjoy that's happening. It's obviously going to go to some kind of interference finish. Um, I'm interested in how it all connects together um, in terms of Keith Lee and Swerve both wrestling on the same yeah. night. That they That has to converge somehow. Um, but I, there's uh, lots to look at. Yeah, I was looking at the, the graphic that they made for socials, and that usually gives you a clue as to what the main event's going to be. And I think the big match that they've put with the largest people and the biggest text and what have you is Orange Cassidy versus Buddy Matthews. But you could argue that there's about three other matches. You've got another title match. You've got Keith Lee versus Chris Jericho. Um, and you've got this big rivalry between Swerve and Darby Allen and the developments with the Mogul affiliates in the embassy. And what have you. you could argue quite a few different main events on this show. Yeah, absolutely. I would... It all depends on the angle. If you've got a pretty weak follow-up angle to a match, you don't want to end the night on that note. But Keith Lee versus Chris Jericho, I feel like they're underselling that. Mm. I feel like it's obviously going to end with some kind of angle. Um, whether it's a big sort of cliffhanger or not, I obviously don't know. I haven't watched it yet. But there's something big and weird about that match that I think they're underselling. Yeah, in a weird way, you could also argue that the main event could be the BCC versus Nakazawa and Cutler if you're going to have the big like return of the elite to yeah, further yeah, that yeah. storyline. But that would feel a bit disingenuous to be like, well, it's Cutler and Nakazawa, so they've got a main event. It would feel like it's happening for a reason, mm. a reason beyond it being a main event caliber thing, which would make it feel fake. I love the fact that Chris Jericho's like, I'll have the first real feud of 
Adam Coles, when he comes back, in the interim, I'll just work, I don't know, uh, Keith Lee. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most Jericho thing ever. <laughs> um, should we start with that one then, in yeah. fact? Um, because like you say, I sent shenanigans here, obviously not just with the JAS, who've got their own issues as well, with um, the Acclaimed, and there was stuff with that on Rampage and what have you. Um, but on paper, a, a really enjoyable match this. He's going to get yeeted. Aye, how does one eat Chris Jericho in 2023? <laughs> I don't know, but I suspect we're about to find out. This has got all sorts of weird intrigue going into it. One thing, because I'll probably fail to mention it elsewhere, the advance for this show isn't that great. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. In. I think the time of writing, they were on like 2,900 and a 4,000-odd seater. They could make it up to 3,500, and it would look like a run-of-the-mill dynamite. But I think they did a show at Milwaukee last year, and it was good. Um, nothing white hot, mm. if I recall. I think they set up um, Cassidy Osprey, and their sequences were really strong in that match. That got the crowd going. So hopefully it'll be a good crowd, not the biggest. Um, but I, Keith Lee versus Chris Jericho. Presumably, we are still heading towards... Keith Lee versus Swerve. Mm. Swerve has been mentioning very um, infrequently, but he has been mentioning Keith Lee. They simply can't not tie that up. It's ridiculous that it's they've allowed it to die a death. Mm. Um, all very strange. So you'd expect Keith Lee, who they like to protect in the book, and they use him sparingly, but they do protect him. He's won championships. He's rarely been beaten. Um, so you'd expect him to win, but then Jericho is going to put over Adam Cole. A problem in itself, it's a bit obvious that he just loses the big one all the time now. Um, I think a lot of his star power is diminished as a result of him doing something that people don't think that he does. All very weird. I expect this match to be... It's one of those where I can't work out why they've done it, which usually means something awesome is forthcoming. Something really great is imminent, that they've got an idea to do a cool match and maybe a cool finish or a cool post-match. This exists for a reason. It's not just just Jericho wrestling someone for the sake of it. I think that we're going to get multiple run-ins by the JAS. Mm -hmm. There's going to be lots of yeeting. There's going to be a really cool false finish when Keith Lee's too busy beeling people about, and then Chris Jericho is going to try and Judas effect him. He might no-sell the Judas effect. He might sort of only take him down to one knee. It just feels like there's a reason they thought this was a good idea, and I think the evidence behind that is going to come out later. Um, uh, as for who wins, basically, if there's no add-ons or shenanigans, this match could be very poor. Mm. Like, Keith Lee, in his current guise, kind of has to have people bumping around from. That's why he's been so well deployed in tags. Um, so I expect they demand a lot of... Um, add-ons and stuff like that. As for who wins, it all depends on the structure. Maybe I have to get my old friend Jim Ross to help me out later. <laughs> um, because Swerve and Keith Lee are gonna their paths are going to converge here. They're gonna characters are gonna overlap. Does Swerve do it first? And then that would have to be the way around. If Keith Lee and Swerve are gonna interfere in one another's matches to build their match, surely. Um, Swerve has to 
do it first. Otherwise, mm. the baby because the baby face can then proceed on a um, turnabout as fair play yeah. basis. So I I expect this to follow Swerve Derby. Jericho gets a win to build Adam Cole match, but this builds. It's all a bit WWE. This mm. all a bit WWE. I think I think this might it, uh, it might not be. My cynical WWE brain is telling me it feels a bit WWE from we've a distance. We've had a lot of that recently. Well, we've been fed a lot of WWE very recently, obviously, so that makes sense that it'd be the overriding feeling heading into this. I think this might open. I can see them going, let's let's try and set this show up for a big number and, yeah, they obviously get this big number off the back of the Big Bang Theory. Still don't know why. Don't understand people who enjoy that show, but still... Um, I can understand why people enjoy it. I just don't. No, it's not for me. It's a hangout sitcom. Mm. I had flatmates who used to watch it. And I didn't like it, but I got sucked into the routine of watching it with mm. them. And it's a bunch of nerds. I'll tell you what one of the, the tricks of this show is. It's like a comforting blanket. They're always eating takeout. Oh, yeah. They're always eating takeaway in that show. And it makes you feel like, I do that. <laughs> What's the uh, yeah, the nerdiest of the nerd nerdy the Bazinga lad called Sheldon? I despise that boy. Absolutely hate him. Every single moment he's on screen, I think. Why would anyone want to spend a single second of their time in this twat's presence? <laughs> but anyway, so big number straight into Judas or whatever, uh, and uh, yeah, Chris Jericho, Keith Lee to to open the show. And I think you're right. I think there's going to be loads of JAS involvement, maybe even counteracted by like, well, Daddy, imagine Cool Hand and you're going to be chased off by uh, the acclaimed or whatever. Um, but here comes Garcia and uh, Guevara and Hager. And then I think like, uh, who's, the, who's the safest person to do this with? Guevara is going to be thrown from the ring into the arms on the ramp of... Hager and Garcia. It'll probably just be Hager, but you need to take everyone out. And it's going to be like, phew, thank God. Um, that's the JAS all taken care of. Now, can we get back to the bloody match, please? And in amongst all that, I think, um, what are they called? Toa, Leona, and Khan, is it? They're going to get involved as part of the embassy. The Gates of Agony. Yes, thank you. Uh on behalf of whatever we're calling the Mogul Embassy or the Embassy Affiliates, whatever this new team's going to be called, because then later on in the night, Swerve's going to be involved in the match. And be like, I didn't do anything. What are you talking about? Oh, you've cost me the match against Darby Allen. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. Let's talk Swerve and Darby Allen, because this, um, if without interference, has the potential to be, uh, well, match of the night. Uh, this yeah. rivalry is obviously, they mentioned this on the road too. Spoiler, go and check it out. It's really good. These two's history off the indies and what have you. They're bloody both bonkers. They both kick the crap out of each other on numerous occasions. That um, <laughs> bump that uh, Darby Allen oh. took from Brian Cage on the ramp. Oh my God. Was, oh. <laughs> this match could be different, Grivey. Yeah, they are both extremely talented. Um, they have. Chemistry and history. Out the ass. Out the ass. (laughs) Pacific Northwest. Shout out Brennan. However, they had a match on Rampage. Brennan on Twitter? Yeah. I met him. Did you? I apologize to Brennan, by the way. I'm going to apologize to him now. Because I think Brennan was there with his kids. I believe. 
it's all a bit of a blur, obviously. And he said, oh, it's, oh, Adam, oh, can you take a kid's picture? Blah, blah, blah. It's Brennan. And I went, yeah, okay, thanks, mate. And then about five minutes later, I went, oh, sh- Brennan, that Brennan. So apologies. Did you say that to his face or did you realise afterwards? It took, me, it took me five minutes later to be like, Brennan, Brennan, you know. But was he there when he had this epiphany? No, I didn't. Oh, he, was, I... No, he missed the Tiffany epiphany. So um, anyway, he's a p- so Pacific apolo- Northwest follower of ours who's likely seen some of these matches. Apologies, Brennan. Lovely to meet you. But just to, you know, dampen people's expectations. Swerve and Derby have already had a match in AEW. It was on Rampage last year, and it was good. Not great. Yeah, I remember this. There was an absolutely incredible spot where it was a really great leg grapevine from Swerve, and it was just worked so beautifully. It really felt like a vicious, like, strategic move, and it just looked like a killer, but, like, a really sort of simplistic, pure wrestling maneuver. And that was great, but I remember it just didn't fizz. It didn't reach that height. This could be incredible, um, but on TV, at least in that one example, it was, oh, this is really good. expected a bit more. Um, so maybe they want to go full pelt here because um, that Rampage match was good, not great. Um, again, my WWE brain, which I'm trying to shake, tells me that there's uh, a bit of turnabout fair play linking this and the Keith Lee-Jericho match together, and we're finally going to get Keith Lee versus Swerve because, Jesus Christ, it Tony Khan has got this awful habit of just dithering and just taking an age to do the match. It's like he applies the Taz-Sabu principle, which has underpinned a lot of AEW storytelling since day one, where the value in a big match that you want to build is that it, the storyline takes a long old time, and the, the, the wrestlers involved barely touch. So it feels like a big spectacle, attraction, occasion, whatever, when they finally go toe-to-toe in the ring. You can't do something as special as Taz versus Sabu all of the time because it will not be special. It's the excess rule that sort of you can apply to almost everything in wrestling. He treats so many programs like they're Taz versus Sabu mm. and it just doesn't work across the board. And now it feels like they barely have the history. It barely feels like this feud's hot. So this, I feel, tonight's lineup is a real attempt to heat that thing back up. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we get more interference maybe from the embassy in this match or what again, whatever they're being called now. We maybe even get the classic Keith Lee rising up above a cackling swerve who's yeah. watching Brian Cage about to F-15 or whatever it, they want to call it that he does to, to Derby. Derby gets out of that. I don't know what's happened to the ref. Some bump probably. Uh, and eventually Derby Allen wins because yeah. obviously Derby is in the mix with the world title. Yeah, he needs to win ahead of that. And they are gradually telling you by having Guevara go over to Keshta, Commander, um, Jungle Boy was beating people left, right, and center before the Christian Cage thing. So Derby needs to win for the Pillars match to make sense. And speaking of which, uh, (laughs) I'm going to read this verbatim from AEW's Twitter. AW World Champion MJF's presence is mandatory in Milwaukee. It's good that it makes him feel like a pupil, like a naughty school child. Yeah. Um, I suspect that he will, again, linking everything together here. Say Derby wins when Keith Lee decides to turn about his fair play, interferes, 
Sting and Keith Lee doing some cool stuff together Ooh. could be a, a proposition here as well. Max could come out and say, oh, Darby, is that the way you win? Taking the easy way out, doing the heel thing, like the Jericho or Jason thing of, oh, is that really how you're going to take your victories out? You'd never catch me doing something like that. And Darby could say, look, I didn't ask for Keith Lee's help, blah, 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 blah. And then I can have a verbal showdown. Because they've done the one-on-one stuff with Jungle Boy. Um, they've had Guevara cut a promo on MGF. They haven't explored the MGF Derby subplot of this four-way, so I feel like that's coming tonight. So I think a post-match um, mandatory promo. Also, really like the idea, maybe not here, of <laughs> MJF disguising himself as Sting. Now, whether or not that would make Derby look like the stupidest person ever, because yes. they're very different... But I just love the idea of uh, MJF attacking. You can wear the Jericho WWF boots. Yes. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, I just want I want MJF, basically for thumbnail potential, to have Sting's makeup on uh, or mask at the, at the bare minimum. Although, <laughs> you might as well have Keith Lee pretend to be Sting in terms of... They, those two people don't look the same. Yeah. They, you know one would get confused between these two people. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Right, let's talk uh, title matches, Sage. We've got a couple on tonight's show. Um, is tonight the night? It feels like we speculate on this all the time. I feel a bit sorry for Orange Cassidy because he, he keeps retaining in these really enjoyable matches. And every time I go, oh, is this the time that he drops a title? He's facing Buddy Matthews tonight. Is this the time that he's no longer international champion? No. I don't, I don't see Buddy Matthews as a singles champion in AEW. I don't think he's done enough to warrant it, if I'm being brutally honest. I've been so impressed with him in flashes. And I do feel like he's steadily regaining the confidence that seemed to be pummeled out of him in WWE. Mm. Um, he had a match with Pac, which I thought was good, not great, um, on Dynamite last year when they were building the um, House of Black Death Triangle trios feud. My exact recollection was, ah, there's some really cool stuff in here, but it just didn't 
there's a certain electricity that happens when you're watching a great AEW Dynamite match. Um, and it's such a bad analytical take. But when you're watching it, you're like, this is just, this is literally awesome. This justifies the chance. Mm -hmm. I am swept up in this. This is like just crackling with a certain electricity. And Buddy Matthews' pack just didn't hit that for me. And that was his most notable singles match. So I think he's, even the Derby one that he had, like it wasn't as good as the Mike Bennett match. And um, Buddy has got this sort of reputation as like this really incredible worker who just had the thumb on him when he was in WWE and he just needs to break out. For me, and I know he's only had two, but he's had two singles matches where it's like, right, come on. Mm. And he just didn't really deliver that clears the four-star line and trends somewhere great. And he's always just dipped below it still a really good match, but the exchanges he had with Cassidy last week in the trios match really make me um, sort of hyped about this because I thought their chemistry was spectacular. Mm. And uh, it's time to... Sh I'll get off the pot if he wants to... He's great in the House of Black, who are an awesome unit who work together so well. But Bodie Matthews at some point probably wants to put a case forward as to why he should be booked in more singles and as a single star. And if this isn't it tonight, my worry is that it just isn't happening for him as a single. It feels like he's the third most likely person in the House of Bleg to become champ champ. Yeah. Like, they've already got the trio's titles, obviously. So, yeah, it just... If this was Malachi Black, we'd be having a different conversation because yeah. I'd be like, oh, bloody hell, he's got two titles now. Um but it feels like it's going to be an enjoyable, uh, it, it, like you say, from the, the sneak peek that we got with the, the six-man last week. Uh, and it just looks so fast and crisp. and uh, It's a different proposition because Cassidy's so good at like ducking and dodging and being evasive and being very slippery and very witty and crafty as a wrestler. But like, how can you do that when, like Buddy Matthews has got, I talk a lot about intent, lariat and like sort of the backwards lariats that he does look like they will take your head off yeah. if you don't duck in time so that knowing what, how Casty's great when he's trying to dip and dodge all of this this could be genuinely really cool uh the other title match we've got tonight is an open challenge for powerhouse hobbs's tnt title that's been answered by uh local hero milwaukee hometowner former ring on a tv champion silas young big lads are going to be beating the crap out of each other i it's it's weird. Tony Khan's very sentimental, and he likes to do this sort of thing. Um, predictable match. Salas Young isn't really a star. Again, four years in, particularly over the last two years, you could really make the argument that, right, come on, it's time to really sort of establish who you've got and who you've already got to work with. Um, so I wouldn't have booked this match, if I'm honest. I'm not being particularly I'm not particularly hyped about the prospect of this match, if I'm honest. It feels like it's gonna be neither now nor summit, to mm. use one of my uh, cliches at this point, because I don't think knowing how Tony Khan operates as a somewhat nice guy, dot dot dot, by the standards of a billionaire pamphlet, <laughs> he's a bit of a sentimental chap. He does the right thing, quite classy as an organization as AEW. Which leads me to believe that if he's doing this for Silas in his hometown, he's not doing it for heat. So you're not going to get like a two-minute 
pounding, which you probably should. I don't want powerhouse Hobbs to go competitive with someone who's barely there. As talented as Silas Young is in his own right, uh, you don't want to see powerhouse Hobbs struggle to put someone of his caliber away when he's already bogged down by this QTV stuff, nor will it be this 15-minute competitive match. I feel like it's going to be seven to eight minutes nuked by an ad break. Now, no, so making it just exists. But I'm prepared to be surprised. Yeah, there's a... there's a cause, Sorry, because Hangman Page went almost 50-50 with Silas Young. Mm. And yes, there's history there um, from ROH, so it's a bit different. But yeah, I just can see this being neither now nor summit. I think uh, I'd much rather see Powerhouse Hobbs in a match like this with someone I know he's going to beat than just doing any QTV bollocks. Um, And maybe I'm extrapolating too much out of this, but I like the idea of Powerhouse Hobbs TNT title open challenge, open only to hometown wrestlers with a view to coming to the UK in four months' time. That's, that's what I've extrapolated out Miller. of this. Yeah. Um, because they're going to presumably hoy quite a few British wrestlers on that card. Ah, I think this has been overstated. You think so? Yeah. Like, I'm not being funny. Brit Rez. I get there's a lot of talent on the scene. And I know for a fact that there's some really well-meaning promoters who want to rid the stigma of... Um, awful, awful events that transpired over 2020. But at the same time, it's not hot. It really isn't hot at all. And I know I don't want to go to a show at Wembley Stadium, no less, and have it littered with English wrestlers or British wrestlers just for the sake of the location. Me and Andy sort of Some speculate Some fun stuff on, on Dark, but maybe Pac can get a real Ooh, um, yeah. showcase match. Osprey, but then... Does it need to be British just because it's in Britain? Not for me, Jeff. Yeah, me, me and Andy sort of talked about this on the, the Q&A pod yesterday, and he said something similar in terms of, have a few people. Get a go-go on there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, get, obviously, Will Ospreay on that card. No-brainer. Um, That's you, a nice way to talk about Will Ospreay. <laughs> maybe you run it back, the, the you know, match of the year candidate, him and Omega. Maybe you do it in the interim as well at Forbidden Door. I Andy think it's suggested. happening at Forbidden Door. So maybe you'd make it that just sort of trilogy of the year. I don't know. Um, and the I only, think o- I think you would need Samick. Uh, it's the biggest Japanese match of the year. It's a lot of critics' match of the year. But if you're going to run it back at Forbidden Door, which you might, it's only Tanahashi who's got a chance of emerging from that mini tournament. You'd need something bigger than a third match, no matter how good that match is, for Wembley, I think. Um, the only other match I think we came up with was uh, just basically a match for the Brian Danielson Award in <laughs> the Observer between ZSJ and Danielson <laughs> because we're trying to get as many British wrestlers on that card as possible. But uh, I don't need to see as many British wrestlers on that card as Pack possible. And, Pack and Hobbs could be fun. Ah, good. I like that. I didn't even, for some reason, it didn't pop, pop into my head as a... A potential challenger. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a defense, another title defense here for, for Powerhouse Hobbs. But I don't need any shenanigans involving QT Marshall for him to do it. To do it? To no. Do it. <laughs> uh, let's talk outcasts. Um, I like the fact they kept themselves out of the Jamie Hayter uh, Riho thing last week. Um, it's about time. Mm-hmm. Tonight, they target Riho, though. They are in a tag team action. It's Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. 
against Riho and Sky Blue, whose surname, as Soraya would point out, rhymes with poo. Um, You're not wrong. Thoughts? Thoughts are outcasts win. Thoughts are outcasts need extra legs at this point. Like, there's at least four. No, no, you've got Nightingale, Riho, Sky Blue, who Tony Storm has worked and Soraya has worked, and you've got um, Sur- uh, Baker and Hater. It's kind of like five on three at this point, and you've never had five on three, at least I can't remember. That's a problem with the storyline. All of the post-match shenanigans and brawls and run-ins have all bled into one another. Ultimately, you've got, if this is going to blood and guts, you've got a five on three advantage in favor of the baby faces. I mean, mm. who's booking this? Triple H. <laughs> so we need two more outcasts by my calculations. Um, yeah, the heels win, spray an L on the bloody baby faces, and then that's it. Thunder Rosa, part of the outcasts. I can imagine people being very prepared to accept her as a heel. Then again, Twitter's a bubble. She's not very popular in certain circles on Twitter, but again, neither are FTR. Look at the pops they get. Mm. So they'll have to work, and sometimes they don't. Like there is a we talk a lot about exposition, and you don't have to grab people's hand and hold it through everything. I think if they want to get Thunder Rosa over as a heel in AEW, they're probably going to have to do an actual bit of exposition or at least character building in that it's not enough to say in a very meta sense. Oh, Thunder Rosa was known to be a bit of a um, volatile presence backstage. This um, raised the ire of Britt Baker. You like Britt Baker, so boo Thunder Rosa. I think that heavily relies upon Twitter as a and backstage gossip as a storyline driver. And again, looking at the case of FTR, I think that's shattered a lot of people's um, thoughts on what actually matters and who actually cares about social media and stuff like that. So Thunder Rosa can play heel. Thunder Rosa is disliked by some AEW fans who drifted to Britt Baker in this sort of off-screen war, but they will have to put some work in. I like the idea of, it just popped into my head, and how often am I able to suggest something from NXT Black and Gold Pando era? It's just one, it's just a snapshot that's in my head that I think they'll actually work quite well here. So, outcasts have, have like, hospitalised uh, Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale. Uh, and who's who's the, th- the other than Hater and Baker? Who's Rio? Rio and her. Maybe use the pipe to take out Rio. Whatever, whatever. So you've got Soraya, Soho, Storm. It looks like uh oh, numbers games caught up to to Baker and Hater, and they're squaring off. Thunder Rose's music hits. She comes down. She goes in between Baker and Hater. Like, yeah, here we go, three on three, and you do the Finn Balor overhead That kick. was pre-Pando, but it ruled. Was it pre-Pando, it was, sorry? It was right in the um, early part of the Wednesday Night War. Yeah. I remember thinking, what a well-executed heel turn that was. It looked great. Um, I, But that's a good idea. That would be the way to get people who are yeah less online to be like, oh, like, yay, she's back. Oh, that's awful that she's done that and aligned with those. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
just for fun. It's time to play the game! Before we get to the aim of the game, I know what you're going to say. She seems to have a nice time. Oh, that's about it. Uh, did she, what did she do? I think she was just like giving like people lays and I don't know, just having, make sure everyone's having a nice time. All right, so look nice. Good okay. for her. Good for her. Sige, <laughs> um, we're not all here, so we, this isn't official. Um, but it was a nice over WrestleMania weekend, hanging out with the guys who control the um, data for this. Uh, the brilliant Adam Blair, at Adam Wilton 4, and at the Ho 11, Jose Palomares. Uh, got a lovely photo with them outside the Crypto.com arena following Stand and Deliver. So lovely to, to see those both in person for the first time. Um, so we're not doing this officially because there's not all three of us. Um, but nevertheless, we're, well, I, I wouldn't even bother. So we just get your thoughts on on where this is going to land in the show. But I'm getting ahead of myself because before we even get to the name of the game, what's the aim of the game? Aim of the game is to correctly identify to the hour, minute and second, the first time you hear the first woman's entrance theme because Jesus Christ, there's only one women's match and I don't know how much longer I can do this. And if we can just nail it to the hour, minute and second, it will really underscore, bold and italicize just how much of an afterthought, careless afterthought this women's division continues to be nearly four years in that is the aim of the game that we don't want to win mm -hmm. the name of the game as well this is Lydia Nane I'm thinking oh what a name miss that um well uh, we're not we're not gonna we're not competing so you might as well just lay it out for us how do you think this whole show's going to go, and where where does the women's section drop? Yeah, no, I am very fascinated about the uh, the flow of this show, just in general. How WWE it's going to be? WWE Dynamite. <laughs> Boom! I'm going to ignite. Suck my fat cock in a flash of light. Boom! Dynamite. Where's it now? You know what that means. Means my old oaky ass is gonna sit around and catering. It's not even that good a spread until it gets to rampage. And who knows? Maybe Paul White's gonna take my job as well. How the tables have turned. I'll try to recruit that man in our in our WWF back in the day. And I said to Vince McMahon, "Hey, Bill Watts once told me you can make a lot of money with an athletic big man. But the problem is that the big man didn't look so athletic when he came in in February 1999. We had to send him to Ohio Valley Wrestling two years after we made him the champion." Just to shed some of that weight and put some sizzle on his steak. <laughs> That's what Wednesday night means. Yes. I'm conscious in my mind. Keith Slade's music, <laughs> and then Swerve, and then, and then we're going to be in switch, you smart marks who think it's always one hour f 26. Actually, smart ass, lighten up, Francis. We're not putting them in the second hour of the show. We're putting them in the second match. Again, it's a new cheat code. Oh, yeah, so they did last I'm week. I'm going to go. For, uh, sorry, I'm going to go for, um, um, thanks, Jim. Where am I? 
here I am. Zero hours and 20 minutes, 44 seconds. Good. I'm going to go second hour. You it's good. Uh, I'd hope. Oh, do you know what my concern is? <laughs> is they're going to do the, we're going to talk about it in a second. They're going to do the BCC Nakazawa Cutler match, right? And then you be like, oh my God, the elite's back. It's all the, and I think still, I still think one of the Jacksons is injured, but still. It's the Young Bucks and Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Oh my God. Right, send the women out. Crowd's going to be completely burnt out. Yeah, need to, yeah, need yeah, to recover yeah. before we get to the main event. So I'm going to say one hour, 25 minutes, 52 seconds. Just, it's just for fun. Just, just for, for fun. fun. One hour, 25, 52. 52. Very good. Uh, straight off the back of this match. Blackpool Combat Club being represented here by John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli uh, versus Michael Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler. A, a murder. Yes. I can't wait for it. Give me some of Brandon's bollocks. They can get away with this if they have... Uh, it's, always, it's, it's Claudio and Mox. Yeah. Mox could do the wry, why are you going on like this? <laughs> you know I'm going to kill you imminently. So he can react to Brandon's stuff, much like other people can sometimes react to Orange Cassidy's stuff. But if you think of it from a character POV, Brandon Cutler is going to be annoyed. He's not going to be able to do anything about it as a character, but he's going to be annoyed. He's not going to do his hijinks. Um, he's going to try and bring the fight. I th think we might even get a nice bit of a hope spot from Cutler here before he gets killed. A doomed hero sticking up for his mates, um, will Nakazawa do anything funny? Again, they took out Kenny. Mm. Kenny's his boy. So I, it's one of the, I'm fascinated from a character point of view how this match unfolds because part of me, because I haven't seen it on TV for some time, the 2021 Elite Runners heels was so good. Nakazawa and Cutler played such great roles that I want to see them do their bollocks but it makes no sense no. in the context of their match for their sort of like stupid antics to happen because they they shouldn't be in stupid, funny moods. No. So it's a bit of a shame. Yeah, I was uh, before you said that, which is a, a far more valid point than I'm about to make, I had one of two things in mind, neither of which are actually wrestling spots per se. But, um, you know, in Mad Max, where they uh, Nicholas Holt's character gets that, like, spray thing before he goes, oh, what a lovely day, or whatever. Like, I like the idea of Brandon Cutler being, like, at death's door, and he gets the cold spray and just sprays it in his mouth to try and wake him back yeah, up yeah. and find He still gets killed, obviously, straight away. Either that or we'll go to the old classic, because you mentioned uh, last week on the review, Danielson's sort of, this sort of surrogate punk role that they're seemingly putting them in is like, well, we were going to do this with the elite versus punk and FTR or whoever it may be. Now it looks maybe like it's going to be the elite versus the BCC and yeah. all this. So Danielson is at ringside. He's not interfering because he doesn't need to because it's fucking Mox and Claudio versus Nakazawa and Cutler. But I do like the idea of him, George Jackin with the crowd and talking about how much he loves these gentlemen. 
And then, I don't know why the cold spray's there. Like you say, Cutler should be taking this far more seriously. But he gets the cold spray and just pretends to use it as deodorant and then does the wanker symbol. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's not going to be a good night to be knackers Aaron Cutler. But do you think we get a return of some of the elite, if not all? You could have, not. I think it's a bit early for Matt Jackson. Yeah. You could have Kenny and Paige come out almost simultaneously as if to have sort of like dibs on who gets to do this who gets to do the saving. And then the idea is they both want to do it. They both kind of, Kenny resents Paige for doing it. And then Paige is like, Why do you resent me for this? I want to help out your mates and we can be mates again as well. It's nerdy. I'm massively into it. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, right, well, let us know your thoughts ahead of AW Dynamite tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Um, Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCultureWrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, our NXT review is available right now, and our review of this show will drop into your feed tomorrow as soon as it is released if you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling. But for now, this has been the AW Dynamite preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.